Hi, this is Tia Sarkar. I play Sabine Wren on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Twin Suns Transmission. Of course, it ends where it becomes a desert planet with twin suns. Hey, my name is Taylor Gray, and I play Ezra Bridger in Star Wars Rebels. I hope you enjoy this week's episode of Twin Suns Transmission. Here's where the fun begins. Let's make this epic more interesting. You've taken your first step into a larger world. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Twin Suns Transmission. I'm your host Eric Pfeiffer joined as always by Jesse Sanfilippo. Hey guys. Welcome to episode 174 and we have a good one for you today. We are going to be doing something a little bit different. Not the whole episode is going to have the news and covering a piece of Star Wars that uh, you know was on TV or anything. We're going to pick one character jesse on this episode and kind of talk about them and their story and that character is luke skywalker so obviously this could be a long show but we're going to try and keep it within reason and focus uh on one segment of luke's character which we'll talk about shortly but jesse before we start talking about luke as always let's start talking about the news so in news right now for Star Wars, we got an announcement from Lucasfilm Publishing that we are actually going to start getting some books related to The Mandalorian, um, which is really exciting. First on the list is The Art of the Mandalorian, which I think is something we were all expecting and hoping to get because they did such an amazing job showcasing so many of the beautiful concept works of art. Um, you know, just in the end credits, we always got to see um, yeah. beautiful works of art. I think that's that, the biggest I think promo. Captivated everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it is because those are gorgeous. Like every single time at the end of each episode, I'd be like, "Oh, I'll have that on my wall and that on my wall." It's just works of art. Um, so we're getting that. Um, it's going to be by Phil Sostek, and the cover art is by Doug Chang, of course. Um, but then there's some more that really surprised me. Um, we're getting a young uh, learn-to-read novel, if you will, for... It's called Allies and Enemies. It's a level two reader. Um, and this, as well as a couple different novelizations. Um, so we're getting The Mandalorian Original Adult Novel by Del Rey. Um, and that's going to be by Adam Christopher. And then they're doing The Mandalorian, the junior novelization by Joe Schreiber. I hope I pronounced those right. So I, I was really surprised by that. I don't know about you, Eric, but I was not expecting to get a novelization for The Mandalorian. And, and especially two different novelizations, an adult version and a junior version for a television series. I feel like that's never really been done. Yeah, I'm I'm excited, and this was something that I was kind of wondering about because a lot of times with um, when you know a new piece of content would come out, uh, like the books would be around the same time, and obviously this is coming up on a year after the show aired, so it'll be interesting to kind of go back to that, read some of these novels, and get new perspectives. Yeah, I I agree. I know. I mean, I wonder if we'll get a lot of internalized thoughts of Mando 
I feel like that would be really interesting because he's, you know, his whole character is kind of mysterious. So I don't know how much of that we'll get. Like, I don't know if, like, you know, the whole point to his character, what makes him so cool is, like, you don't really know what he's thinking. Right. So it'll be interesting to see how much of that we get. But in addition, uh, we do have, uh, obviously, we're getting a ultimate visual guide from DK by Pablo Hidalgo. Um, and, and then we're also getting what they're calling an 8x8 storybook, title to be revealed later. Who It's also written by the same woman, um, Brooke Vitali, um, who is doing the level two young reader book. So I wonder if that is also going to be like a, like a picture book, maybe. Um, 8x8 sounds like about the size that you would find like a, a child's picture book mm-hmm. um, t- to me. So maybe that's what it is, but I'm not. I'm not entirely sure. But this is really exciting. I just was not expecting to have all of these books coming out related to the Mandalorian. Yeah, uh, same here. I mean, I'm very excited. I think the one that I'm most excited about, well, probably two, um, would be the Ultimate Visual Guide by Pablo Hidalgo. Those are just my favorite things when new Star Wars content comes out. I'm so excited about that. And then I would have to say the adult novel. Uh, the original novel for The Mandalorian by Adam Christopher, I think, is is right there as well. And then I'd probably put The Art of Mandalorian at a close third. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely, I think, most excited for the artwork, um, just because we know how beautiful it is, and we've seen so much of it, and I'd be interested to, to see more. I know they said um, in the description there was going to be some behind-the-scenes and some interviews with uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni, so... Um, sounds like it's going to be more than just a picture book of concept art for sure. So that one I think is the most exciting as well as I want to know like what the difference between like an adult novelization versus a junior novelization is. I feel like that will be be interesting to, to see the purpose of why they, of why they chose to do two separate ones. Yeah. I, I, I don't exactly know. I mean, I've seen them do that with a couple different things. Like I've, they've, they've done that before. Um, but I haven't read one of the junior novelizations, so I don't know what the differences really are. Maybe it's just, I don't know, less descriptions or something. Yeah, like maybe just an easier reading level. Yeah. Well, there's obviously a ton of news going on right now just because, uh, you know, there is no, no Star Wars content out there as far as like shows or whatever. So now is the time for Lucasfilm to make all these announcements and to release merchandise, uh, to keep, to keep the interest going. So we also got a Sith jet trooper that's going to be the Funko exclusive for San Diego Comic-Con. Now, obviously San Diego Comic-Con is not going to be happening so um you can see pictures of this online it's going to be available for 15 dollars, and it will be landing sometime this month from funko.com and amazon.com so you can pick that up and then of course if you guys have been following gamestop and their exclusive gaming greats black series line we just got a new one that was announced just this past week and that's django fett from the Bounty Hunter game that was released years ago around the time Episode 2 was released. So lots of cool merchandise coming out for Star Wars. Alright, it's time now to introduce another new member of our team, Nicole. Nicole. 
Nicole, thank you so much for joining us here on Twin Suns Transmission. I am very excited to finally, like officially, introduce you to all of our listeners here at Twin Suns Outpost, and let me be the first to welcome you to our team. Hi, yes, great to be here. I'm very excited to be part of the Twin Suns family. Yeah, now, what I want you to do here is just tell all of our listeners what you're going to be doing for Twin Suns. Uh, I will be writing different Star Wars articles for our listeners. Okay. And I think by the time this one airs, you will already have at least one article out there, which is going to be very exciting. But tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got into Star Wars and what you like about it so much. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Star Wars. You know, I grew up in a family that really wasn't into it, but I seemed to continue to be attracted to it, Mm -hmm. Um, especially in high school, even though it didn't seem like, I felt like I was the only one. So I think like it really, the fandom really hit me probably in the last few years when I finally just find started finally finding more friends that was into star Wars and into the movies and into the games and into the books and wanting to, to talk about it. Um, so that's a little bit about how I came around to finding Star Wars and to like growing into it. Um, I definitely, I love Star Wars. For someone who didn't like, I was, I grew up around it, but I wasn't like, like nobody was like, hey, are you into this fandom until like recently, probably in the last few years. And it's, it's just, it's, it's still growing on me. And I'm still, I guess some people would almost consider a newbie in comparison to those who have been like their whole lives and, you know, and their families have been doing versus me. I'm just like, I'm the black sheep of the family. I love our wars. Yep. Not going to apologize for it. I love it all day long. Yep. Yep. I read the books too. Yes. <laughs> Star Wars games. Yes, I do. <laughs> That's awesome. I can totally relate to that. I grew up as the only nerd in my family too, and didn't find Star Wars till late in life. So I'm right, yes, right Stephanie. there with you. <laughs> I- Exactly. And because I remember there were boys in high school that would like, they would be talking, well, I don't like Padme. I don't like Anakin. And I would be listening and I wanted to so badly join in the conversation and say, I don't agree with you. <laughs> and so I wanted to. And then I would stop myself, you know, this little K through 12 school and, you know, everybody knew everybody. And I'm going, oh, do I dare say put my two cents in and all of a sudden become the class nerd right here, right now, you know? So, yeah, I'm definitely the black sheep in my family when it comes to, like, loving Star Wars and loving the fandoms. And it's not that my parents don't like it. It's just that I've taken it a couple extra miles, basically. Definitely. Yeah, one thing that um, I really like about you and, you know, I think originally when I got Jesse onto the podcast, too fandom is for everybody it's not just for the fans who have been around since 1977 you know i wasn't born yet so like if i had somebody tell me oh you're not you're not a fan you you weren't around back in the 70s i'd be kind of upset you know and so that's what's great about star wars there's new fans coming in all the time whether you're you know a hundred or you're 10 or five or whatever it is Star Wars is for you and you can like it. Now, George created it for kids, but that doesn't mean that only kids can like it, you know? So I've mm-hmm. been right there too, you know, when you're when you're younger, you're afraid to, to kind of really embrace what you like sometimes. And you are one of the very few people, I think only one other person 
uh, that we brought on that I knew somewhat before bringing more people onto Twin Sons Outpost. And you've been over mm-hmm. to, to see Pfeiffer Cons, which is awesome. And yeah. you are a uh, really regular contributor to our Twin Sons Outpost book club. You've I don't know if you've read every book, but it seems like you've read probably 95% of them with us. So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. awesome. So it seems like you like the books a lot. Oh my gosh, I'm a huge bookworm. You know, walking into PfeifferCon, other than other fun surprises, walking into the library, it became like the moment from Beauty and the Beast, except it was in a new <laughs> gallery. And it was just like, I have goals. Where? Why didn't nobody tell me? Like, it, it just, yes, I absolutely love all the books. If I could buy them all, I would buy them all and read them all. And I definitely, I feel like it's so important because I feel like the reading really once you combine it with everything else, it gives you so much more knowledge and you find out so much more about these characters and there's a new love in your heart for them and you see them in it sometimes in a different um, light. And of course, for those who have younger kids, it's also really good, you know, family socialization and you can read together and, you know, let that legacy um, move on, you know, through the family and through the generations. Yeah, I think one of my favorite things about reading the books is getting that added detail and the background for characters that maybe are only on screen for a few minutes or, you know, maybe we didn't get their perspective from a certain scene like Queen's Peril. We got a lot of the Handmaiden's perspectives from episode one and they don't even really say anything or do anything other than Sabe, you know, so it's really cool to get episode one from their perspective and kind of see how that goes um do you have a favorite star wars book that you've read with us do i have a favorite oh my gosh i have a few i do i have a few um ahsoka definitely is one of my favorites um black spire is up there as well Mm -hmm. as as shadow but i think ahsoka so far has been the one that has hit me the most and has really pulled my heart and i don't and i know why it's just it, it just her going through what she's she went through and then she comes out like stronger and it's it just it's currently just so relatable to me so that is my current favorite that being said i have many favorite books <laughs> so, yeah there's yeah. so many of them it's hard to pick well nicole thank you so much for joining us here on twin sons transmission i am very excited to add you to our team and i can't wait to see the articles that you're going to be writing for us every month Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. very very excited in fact we will see a little bit about ahsoka in my first article when it comes out so i'm very excited You can look for Nicole's content on our website, and I'm very excited about adding her to our team and getting some of her articles up online. All right, Jesse, let's go ahead and begin our discussion on Luke Skywalker with emphasis on his uh, sequel contributions in uh, episodes 7, 8, and 9, primarily 8 and 9. But I kind of want to touch on his character as a whole before we get into anything. And Luke, Jesse, is kind of like the OG hero. You know, when people think about heroes and and role models, 
you know, you, you think about some of the, the major characters. Obviously, everyone knows Harry Potter. Everybody knows, um, I don't know who else, Spider-Man. You Iron know, Man. Iron yeah. Man, <laughs> Batman. But you got to include Luke Skywalker on that list because for 40 plus years, Luke Skywalker has been the hero that people watch on TV. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I feel like there's people who, I mean, obviously, he's just part of pop culture. Star Wars is just part of pop culture. So even people who aren't or don't consider themselves like huge Star Wars fans or aren't super into it, everyone's seen it. Everybody knows who Luke is. Everybody knows he's a good guy. He's a hero. It's just ingrained in our culture as a planet, planet-wide, I think, at this point um, oh, yeah. in this day and age. Yeah, and obviously he has done some amazing things in his time on screen, most notably destroying the first Death Star, I think. I mean, that's a scene, you never forget that, right? I mean, you never forget watching Luke in that X-Wing, flying through the Death Star's trench, getting, you know, motivation from Obi-Wan and advice from Obi-Wan through the Force, he destroys that Death Star with Darth Vader right on his tail. I mean, that's such an iconic film moment. Yeah. It is iconic. And I, I think my favorite thing about that is every year for um, New Year's, I always see people using it as like a way to count down um, to like the new year. They'll like start a new hope yeah. right at a specific mm-hmm. moment just so that the Death Star explodes at midnight. So it's just crazy how much it's been. His journey is just so ingrained in what we know as a hero journey it's just luke fits that description to the t in the original trilogy yeah one of the things that i think of all the time in star wars is that sense of destiny and i love characters with that because it kind of it kind of makes me feel like I had that in my own life, like you were meant for something greater. And it's not to say that obviously, you know, Ray and Luke had pretty terrible lives and, and, uh, well, not terrible. Ray and Anakin had kind of terrible lives at the beginning and, and Luke to a certain extent, but he was a moisture farmer on Tatooine and obviously being the son of Darth Vader, you know, there's a pull to do something greater and Anakin was meant for more than being a slave and Ray was meant for more than being this scavenger that had to, you know, work incredibly hard for every single meal. You know, to me, I've I've done a lot of jobs that I don't really enjoy doing and I strive to be an employee of Lucasfilm someday and so I ha- I kind of have that like sense of something greater than, you know, being a personal trainer or being a retail manager. Or, you know what I mean? There's sort of like that other thing out there oh, yeah. that you can't reach for. And I don't know if that's just me or if a lot of, like, everyone has that, but... Yeah, I feel like everyone has that in, a, in just, like, different ways and at different levels. Like, I think, especially for our generation, I think a lot of just how we were raised and kind of, I feel like the jobs that most of our parents have are desk jobs, jobs that we consider boring. And, and then when you're a kid, you're told like, you can do anything, you know, you can do anything, put your mind to it, do anything. And then the older you get, you start to realize how difficult that is. So I just, I think that everyone kind of has that feeling where they, 
they want to do something more than just sitting at a desk. I think a lot, a lot of people feel that. And I think that it's just a matter of, of perseverance. And I think that that is like another way that to like connect to that sense of destiny. I think it's just, a, I think it's just different words, different ways to, to connect to it. I don't think you have to be like in a bad position wanting a good position. I think right. it's just a matter of having dreams and aspirations uh, beyond where you currently are. Yeah. If that and makes sense. A hundred percent. Yeah. I, I think, and I don't know how many people know this, but um, when I was creating Twin Sons, I mean, one of the reasons why I picked what I did is because if you think back, there's all those iconic scenes and paintings and images of Luke standing there on Tatooine with one foot up on that, you know, raised part of sand where he's looking out at the twin sons. And to me, that's sort of, it's sort of like that sense of destiny. Like I, I even have a, an image. It's an art piece by William Silvers above my fireplace. And it's of that it's of that image of Luke looking out at the twin sons and the title is called destiny awaits. And so every time I see that, I think of like destiny and like something greater is out there. And that's kind of why I wanted twin sons to be in the title of, you know, twin sons outpost, because there's something more there's, you know, there's more out there. So I love that so much. Give me a moment because I found something so similar to that today when I was doing some research and trying to, you know, prepare for this discussion. I can cut this part out if you want. But <laughs> where is it? Okay, wait, this is it, I think. It's so crazy that you just said that. Hold on. Okay. I was reading um, a Luke comic that was actually written in, in 2019, so it's it's canon. But at the very end, at the end of, like, every comic, there's, like, a letter from the editor or, like, something like that um, where it's not part of the story. It's just, like, a little mini article kind of at the end. And in this particular case, the writer actually um, quoted um, George Lucas from an interview um, that says something so similar to what you just said. Lucas, and I'm quoting now, Lucas himself related to Luke perhaps more than any other of the characters he created for the galaxy far, far away. As he told film critic Leonard Maltin on Entertainment Tonight in 1999, his favorite moment in Star Wars was when Luke stood on the desert of Tatooine and watched the twin suns set on the horizon. In it's the moment that's the most like me in terms of my view of what I do, Lucas said. I'm sort of always standing out there, looking at the sunset, thinking about where I'm going to go from here. That is so cool. I Isn't love it. That awesome. Yeah. <laughs> like I have like the biggest smile on my face right now because that's awesome. Yep. It's a, it's, I can screenshot it and send you this uh, digital uh, last page of this comic because it's. I love that you and George share that as your favorite Star Wars. Yeah. Moment. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, they've tried to replicate that with a lot of some of the other characters, you know, Anakin and Rey and, and all that. Maybe maybe they don't have, like, that one image where they're looking at the suns, you know, like, like Luke does, but I think they've replicated sort of that sense of destiny with those other two characters as well. So I think that's awesome. 
Now, let's talk a little bit about Luke as he gets through the original trilogy and to the sequel trilogy, because that's what I want to focus on today. Now, obviously, there's a lot of people that have a lot of different viewpoints on the way that Luke was portrayed in the sequel trilogy, and we're not here to to sort of bash anything into your head or, or whatever, but we do have our own opinions on Luke, and I think for the most part, everything that happened in the sequel trilogy, we're kind of on board with. This is not our story to tell, and I personally think that Luke was the hero that we wanted. And so let's talk about this, Jesse. So what do you think of Luke kind of, you know, I think they kind of tricked us a little bit. They tricked us in... Um, the force awakens because i remember when that movie was about to come out and mark hamill was listed as being in the film and you know he was at the red carpet premiere and all that and his name was on the big poster and then all of a sudden like the whole movie goes by and there's no mark hamill he doesn't even say anything um until the <laughs> end when we we get him on top of octo but still he doesn't say anything so what i mean what how did you feel about the way that Luke was sort of introduced in the sequels. I was definitely surprised that he wasn't front and center because as we know of, of Star Wars, that's, that's all we've ever really known is Luke being front and center of the story. So I honestly was not disappointed at all because we got three whole movies where Luke was front and center. And I don't necessarily think I needed a whole nother set of three more movies with Luke being, you know, the main hero. Um, that's not to say that like, I don't like Luke or anything, but you know, it, it, it's, it wouldn't be interesting to kind of just rehash and have him be exactly who he was in the original trilogy. I thought it was even the way his character progresses through this to me, honestly, is far more, I find Luke far more interesting now than I ever found him before the sequel trilogy, if that makes sense. Yeah. And why do you think that is? Do you think it's because he is so different? Because I know a lot of people are like, well, Luke wouldn't have done that. Luke is always trying to go after his friends. And, you know, he's trying to leave his training on Dagobah to go save his friends. And now he won't do any of that. I mean, that is something that is different, but people change. You know, and to Luke, we hear in Rise of Skywalker that it was fear. It was fear that kept him where he was, knowing that Rey's a Palpatine, knowing that Kylo has turned to the dark side, and that, you know, it could have been partially his fault by standing over him with that lightsaber. You know, Rey even asks him, did you create Kylo Ren? You know, and, and all this stuff is swirling in Luke's mind. So what is it that you think changed your mind about Luke or made him more interesting for you, I should say? I think that it's just a more relatable character to watch a hero experience failure. I think it's honestly as simple as that because that's just the reality of the world we all live in. It's you're not going to succeed 100% of the time. It's more relatable to watch someone fail and to watch someone grow from that failure. So The Last Jedi, honestly, where we get, you know, the most Luke, The Last Jedi is a story of failure. The main focus of that movie is failure. Finn, Rose, Poe, Kylo, Leia all fail tremendously through 
throughout the entire film. And at the same time, we're watching Ray learn from Luke's failures. And I just think that the theme of failure is such an important thing to drill into our own heads in life and such an important way to look at things because that fear of failure is what holds you back. And you can apply that to anything in life. So I don't know. I just, I, I love that they explored that theme and that they put some of our favorite characters in those positions so that you can, you can think to yourself and, and learn from, from them in the same way that Ray was learning from Luke. He even sits there and, and sits and tries to describe to her the failures of the Jedi. So I don't know. I just, I just find that to be far more inspirational and relatable than to just watch somebody like, you know, just get it in the nick of time. They succeed because they're the hero. Like I, this is just more relatable to me. Yeah. Every single one of us, we're all human. We all fail. And if you've, if you are of the mindset that you've never failed or that you will never fail, you're wrong. <laughs> I mean, I'm just right. going to say that right now. Like, we all fail. And I think, like you said, the story of The Last Jedi is a great example of how we all fail, but of how we should continue on. Luke failed with Kylo Ren. But look at what he did for the Resistance at the end of the movie. Right. The greatest teacher failure is. Yeah. And I really do feel like that was actually in a book that we read that wasn't the Rise of Skywalker novelization. I can't remember which one it was, or maybe it was. I don't know. It was in a book that we read recently, which was cool. I wrote it in my notes. I'll have to go back and look at it. But yeah, I mean, his his entire storyline with everything that we saw with Kylo, everything that we saw with Rey, and everything that we saw with him and Leia, I mean... He made a big decision, and ultimately, in Luke's mind, he thought he was doing what was best for the galaxy, right? It's not like he's doing this out of a, a, you know, a malicious intent or anything, and I get that a lot of times even villains think they're doing the right thing, but for Luke, I mean, he felt like he was saving the galaxy from another Darth Vader. Right. So, and even knowing that Rey's a Palpatine, I mean, that could be a terrible pairing if you already know that one of your potential pupils is on the dark side and another one is the granddaughter of a Sith Lord, you know? So it's craziness. And in this comic that I mentioned earlier, um, that I read today, uh, it's, it's not set during the last Jedi or, or even the sequel trilogy time. It's, it's part of the age of rebellion series, um, that came out in 2019. Um, and it's between empire strikes back and return of the Jedi. And I just thought it was really interesting. And I thought it pertained to this topic because like we were talking about earlier, we see Luke has so much success just throughout the original trilogy. He's unturnable. He's undeniably the hero. And in there's a moment um, in this comic where Palpatine is trying to get to him, and it's he's from it's from across the galaxy, and he's like reaching out to him, the same way we've seen you know Luke and Leia reach out to each other um, in each other's minds, but but Luke he senses it. It's it's a little confusing. So Palpatine says that he's 
he's reaching Luke. Luke senses him for a moment, but it's it's he doesn't know what or who he's sensing. And Palpatine kind of says, like, you can't hear me, but you can sense my truth that I'm speaking. And he starts emphasizing and, like, projecting and amplifying all of Luke's weaknesses. Every just briefest moment of weakness that Luke has, if there's, like, a moment of self-doubt, if there's a moment of fear, he's just, like, He's emphasizing even like Luke has a moment of grief, of guilt, of doubt, and and his mission starts to fail. And he's amplifying all these emotions in Luke. And and he's like, I can't put a vision in your head. He's he's admitting, Palpatine's admitting he can't make Luke see visions. But all these amplifications of these negative emotions create, has Luke start to spin his own vision in this moment of brief, brief failure in this small little mission. And he starts envisioning himself leaving in the wake of failure, leaving, dropping his lightsaber, going to a farm planet, sinking his X-wing and just settling down and starting a family on this random planet. You don't know where he is. Um, But then Luke is able to snap him out of that. But I just, uh, Lucas snaps himself out of that, I should say. And, and you know, the mission ends up succeeding in the true hero nature of that we're used to from Luke Skywalker. Um, so I just thought that that was very interesting, that Palpatine, kind of in the same way he we know him to have been reaching out to Ben this whole time, was trying to do the same thing to Luke. And didn't succeed initially, but he had that vision that is almost exactly where we find him in the last jedi palpatine like poked that vision into his head even though he didn't put it there himself he caused luke to kind of put himself there from the amplification of those negative emotions and i love the growth because if you think about what happens in the rise of skywalker it's luke that tells ray not to stay on Octo and that she's got a duty and that she yeah. needs to go off and, and save the galaxy, you know? It's that admission that sometimes you need to hear from your heroes. It's important to hear them say, I was wrong, because that is such an important life lesson, too, to be able to recognize that you were wrong and to be able to move forward from that and grow from that and not stay stuck and stay, what's the word, like proud, like too proud to admit that you're wrong. Yeah, I just thought that that was, that is what allows, you know, Ray in the end to really actually learn from Luke's failure. Yeah. Is that admission that he was wrong. Well, in the sequel trilogy, it was meant for The Force Awakens to be Han's movie, The Last Jedi to be Luke's movie, and The Rise of Skywalker to be Leia's movie. And obviously with the death of Carrie Fisher, we weren't able to get everything with that that was that was originally planned. But I think having Luke the focus of one of the three movies, you know, just kind of giving him his own film to grow and to show us that not every hero is perfect is amazing, you know? And to get him back in The Rise of Skywalker as a Force spirit, kind of showing us that, kind of admitting that he was wrong and passing on the lightsabers and everything like that. And even getting to kind of complete his own, like, training journey, if you will, with raising his X-Wing out of the, the ocean. Like, that was, like just almost a representation of his final understanding of everything that Yoda tried to teach him. Yep. Such a cool moment. 
And I love how we get him at the end of The Rise of Skywalker with Leia out there and Rey looking at them. I think, you know, that was a, a fantastic finale and and um, maybe we'll get some more novels or something on where Rey goes from after that point. But I hope so. Obviously, Luke played a huge role in where Rey, even Rey's change of heart in the movie and to save the galaxy. You know, Palpatine would have won if Luke wouldn't have convinced her to leave the planet. So, the way yeah, it is. She inspired, you know, she, Luke inspired her to keep the spark of hope for Ben the way he kept the spark of hope for Vader. And that's what allowed them to win. Yeah. One of my favorite moments with Luke is in The Last Jedi and the the moment where he quote unquote confronts Kylo Ren on crate where he does his, you know, what do they call it? Uh, what do they call that? It's the, it's considered the doppelganger. That's what they, they call it in the, um, in the Jedi path novel. But what is it? Force force projection. I think projection. Yes, that's it. Force projection. Luke. And I looked at the map on, in one of the Canon, you know, books with the maps and Octo is nowhere near crate so it's it's such an amazing force power having Luke project himself across the galaxy and when I was watching that scene in the theater the only thing that really like made me think something was up was one he got a haircut I was like hmm I wonder if he like <laughs> visited a barber on the way to crate Right. Um, and the other thing was his lightsaber, because I was like, that lightsaber just exploded not that long ago. You know, that was the only thing. Like, I didn't notice that the the ashes weren't landing on his um, robes. I didn't notice that he didn't have any footprints. Like, I didn't notice that the first time I watched it. And so to have this character, a character that everybody views as a hero, do this amazing force power to essentially embarrass kylo ren pretty bad i think that was a perfect a perfect scene for luke and a perfect send-off uh for his time in the galaxy yeah no i agree i i did not recognize that that was all happening in that moment either so that was a really good shock and a twist and i just feel like that is something you want from something that's gone on for 40 years like we need these moments and these storylines that are unexpected um and i feel like we really got that from luke uh in the sequel trilogy just to kind of close us off here and i'll ask you about your final thoughts on luke here jesse in a second but to me my favorite thing about this whole storyline with luke skywalker we see him at the end of episode three and obi-wan takes him to Tatooine, hands him off to Baru and Owen as they're looking out at the twin sons. And at the end of episode nine, our final look at Luke in the trilogy is him as a force spirit on Tatooine where he grew up right before Rey looks at the twin sons with his sister. I think that's a perfect kind of final end to Luke's character. No, it, it is. It's those twin sons have so much, like we talked about earlier, so much symbolism and such, so iconic for Star Wars and for Luke's character specifically that it just kind of makes sense that he, you know, starts his journey and ends his journey looking off into the distance 
Yeah. Never in the here and now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As Yoda would say. <laughs> Do you have any final thoughts or favorite scenes you'd like to mention before we move on? I mean, I I just I do really relate to the theme of failure and I I I don't know what it is, but it's just something that was a big life revelation for me a while back that you know, through failure failure you learn. Um and some of my favorite, you know, movies and and stories explore that idea and uh, that for me seeing someone like Luke Skywalker and all of these you know heroes that we've looked up to for so long in the past go through all the same things that you know we deal with in our daily lives but on a grander scale obviously um, there's just something to be said for for that lesson so I just feel like for me the sequel trilogy really amplified how much I like the character of Luke Skywalker or not necessarily how much I like him but how often I like deeply think about him and want to talk about him and want to learn more about him it's this period this time period that I find the most interesting because it's the most relatable so I'm really thankful that we got this sequel trilogy and that we got to deepen this character of Luke and I just don't I don't see it in a negative way at all I don't think it's just a realistic hero journey that started traditional and and just evolved for today's world, I think. Whether you agreed with the portrayal of Luke Skywalker in the sequel trilogy or not, there's no denying that Luke Skywalker is a hero and that his intentions were good and that he saved the galaxy in both trilogies. Well, Jesse, I have to say it was kind of fun talking about Luke. I enjoyed just kind of focusing on a character and talking about some of our favorite scenes and some of the really cool things about that character. So hopefully we'll be doing more of these and, and doing these more often. And um, obviously we've got a lot of shows to talk about other characters, so it'll be interesting to see uh, you know, what else we come up with. Jesse, before we go, where can people find us on social media? You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube, all under the handle at Twin Sons Outpost. All right. And if you guys have any favorite scenes with Luke Skywalker that you'd like to tell us, please comment on this episode anywhere on our social media or shoot us a direct message. We'd love to talk about some of your favorite scenes with Luke. If you're looking for places to listen to our show, you can find us on our website, which is www.twinsonsoutpost.com. Click on the podcast tab on the left-hand side. You'll see all of our episodes there. You can also find us on the Star Wars podcast app through the Google Play Store and on iTunes. And if you enjoyed this episode and you think we're pretty wizard, go ahead and give us a good review wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening to episode 174. Hopefully you've been keeping up with all of the Twin Suns content coming out there. We've got a lot of stuff in July. We are hitting the ground running, going full force with content every single weekday. So make sure to continue to check back. Thanks, everyone. And as always, may the Force be with you. Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall, Harrison Dula from Star Wars Rebels. You've been listening to Twin Suns Transmission, an exciting show where sand gets everywhere. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Twin Suns Podcast Network.
May the force be with you, always. Rendezvous point on Halloween. This time, you will not have to meet the king. 